I'm not preaching on Thanksgiving, and you know, Gary's fine and all that. Kind of wish I hadn't deleted a couple of those the other day, because I got a call uh, the other day. Gary and Don, uh, Don had foot surgery, and Gary's taking care of her, and both of her, Don's feet are up, so she's hard for her to get around without using your feet. Um, Gary then got a sinus infection, and uh, they've got a dog, uh, Charlie, who's kind of the primary dog, whose role is to emit odors and bark a lot. And then there's Max, the emergency backup dog, who will step in for Charlie if Charlie can't bark and emit odors. And so you go up to Don and Gary's, and you know Don's laid up, and Gary's feeling sick, and the dogs are barking. I, I can't imagine why Gary didn't feel he was ready to preach this morning. Just can't see how that could possibly happen. Um, <laughs> there's no notes in your bulletin today. We didn't really have time to put that together. But if you are a note taker, I'll try to keep things organized for you. If you're not, you know, just listen and have fun. Um, Thanksgiving is a cool holiday. And I've always enjoyed Thanksgiving because it's kind of like all the, the fun parts of the holidays without a lot of the, the formalities or stress. It's pretty much a time, let's get together and be thankful, have some food, uh, a lot of families will watch. I think it seems like Detroit always has to be playing on Thanksgiving Day. I don't know. It's, football seems to be integral with it. People go shopping. There's just a lot of excitement. It's the start of the holiday season. People put their Christmas lights on, except Walmart, who puts their Christmas lights up in Labor Day. But it, you know, for most people, it starts on you know Thanksgiving kind of kicks off the holiday season. It's fun. I like it. Ski season opens. There's a lot of exciting things that go on, and it's all centered on being thankful which is kind of extraordinary. I mean, you think about it. In American modern culture, to have a holiday set aside just to be thankful, that's kind of counter-American culture. It doesn't have anything to do with celebrities. It doesn't have anything to do with divisive politics. It doesn't have anything to do with money. It's simply a day to give thanks. And what a great concept. And what a Christian concept, as it turns out. Uh, more Christian than maybe a lot of other things. That it is a, uh, for me... Thanksgiving is kind of the start of my faith, and it's the, maybe not from a salvation standpoint, but on a day-to-day basis, being thankful keeps me functioning better as a Christian, and I'll try to draw that out a little bit today as we go through that. It has to do a lot with sanctification as the formal word, but it's about growing in Jesus Christ, about being more mature as a Christian today than I was yesterday, and thanks is the start of that for me. Um, As a Shepherd Elder here at Grace Point, I spend a lot of time, I don't say worried about, but one of my focuses, one of the things I pray about, concerned about when I get a chance to speak, I'm usually speaking about growing in the Lord, about the practical side of faith, about what does it mean to be a Christian, and what does it mean if we say we believe this, how should our actions change because of that? Um, Unity in the body is important to me, and thanksgiving is key to both those concepts. It's Thanksgiving's a part of our life. If you think about it, what do most of you do before you have a meal? You give thanks. You're taught by your mom, hopefully, to say please and thank you. It, Thanksgiving comes, it, it's just kind of one of those things. It's almost so common that we overlook how critical being thankful is and what it means to be truly thankful. And so I think it's cool that we have this holiday. And we're not the first to come up with that. I appreciate Kevin going through Abraham Lincoln. I've now skipped part of what I was going to say. But, uh, you know, that, that's so important to our culture. And it, we started Thanksgiving in America in the middle of the worst war we've ever had. 
that says something good about Americans. Thanksgiving culturally around the world, there's many, many cultures have a Thanksgiving celebration. Uh, it's usually centered in the fall on harvest, and it's usually religious. So we've got some good, good backgrounds to do that. And the central question I want to look at today when it comes to looking at Thanksgiving, because you always have to have a central question. So if you had notes, this is where you go. Oh, yeah, a central question. Now we're on the... Why should we give thanks? That's a simple question. There's a lot of places to answer that in the Bible. There's a lot of things about Thanksgiving in the Bible. But time was short in preparation, so I had to find really short, really clear passage. And luckily there is one. And Dave kind of set it up looking at Colossians 3. And I'd ask you to flip your Bibles to Colossians 4. Specifically, I've got to remember this. There we go. Colossians 4, 2. One verse. Nice, simple verse. Now, Thanksgiving shows up all through Colossians, but this, I like this one. This one fit what we're talking about today. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. It's been said, we have said, Grace Point is a praying church. We're a church that holds prayer up, and so this is a good verse for us. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So we want to take a look at that. What does that have to do with why we should be thankful? And we want to answer the question at the end of the day, so what? So what that this says that? So what we should pray? Let's take a look at it. So let's start with Colossians, the book, because we've got to have a little context before we get into this. And you'll find that Colossians is written by my favorite author of the Bible, uh, which is Paul. Paul writes very clearly. Paul has a lot of athletic metaphors. It's very easy for me to understand Paul. So I like it. It was written in 60 AD, and there got some pretty good evidence why that was in 60 AD. Here's what's interesting. He wrote this book and Ephesians and Philemon in 60 AD. That was a good year. Whole time he's writing that, he's in prison in Rome. So all this great stuff about being thankful, about practical aspects of Christian living are being written by a man who's in jail. Not a bad jail, but still in jail, in prison in Rome, 60 AD. It was written to a church at Colossae. Which, this is a nice thing for the, you like to look at me, but if you've you got these tables, there's actually a screen back there you can look at too, so you don't have to crank your head around constantly. <laughs> Colossae is a town in Turkey, and it's right about there. It's really not so much a town today. Uh, it used to be, back in the day, before 60 AD, it was a huge town, big trade route town. Everybody going from Europe to Asia went through Colossae. It's on the edge of a river. It was a nice big deal, but uh, in Paul's time, the Colossian town, the trade routes moved, and so the town was kind of shrinking. It wasn't a big town, and it's important to Paul because one of Paul's followers was sent from Ephesus to Colossae to establish the church there. It was a very young church. It was a church of non-Jews, Gentiles like us, uh, people that weren't genetically Jewish, and the young church was totally overwhelmed with heresies. There were false teachers coming into Colossae, preaching that, no, 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 you're not saved by grace, you're saved by all these other things. And so the Colossian church was kind of under attack by their culture, who was not very Christian, and people were spouting off all these other ways to be saved, that you had to do follow rules, you had to believe these things, it's not about a whole bunch of different things. And so Paul has a real heart for this church, and Paul's trying to correct heresies, which makes us a nice connection to where Gary's at right now in 2 Peter, because the second chapter of 2 Peter is all about false teachers and being alert for false teachers. 
the key verse of um, the whole book of Colossians was what Dave read, chapter 3, and it's real simple. Christ is all and in all. So everything we're talking about today, every aspect of what I say, better reflect back to it's all about Jesus Christ in all and through all, in us, and it's only Christ. Otherwise, we're messed up. But that's the message of Colossians. That's all about Jesus Christ. The phrase they used in Latin was uh, sola Christos, only Christ, only Christ. ton of good stuff in Colossians. It'd be fun to go through a whole bunch of it, but we're going to look at just the one verse. We're going to break the one verse down into three parts. We'll go with the devote is the first. That's a verb. You always pay attention to verbs. Keeping alert is a verb. We want to pay attention to that. And then there's the message of this, which is the Thanksgiving part. So we'll break it out that way. Paul wrote and spoke Greek very, very well. He was a pretty learned man. And so in Greek, the first verb you see is the most important one. And so you pay attention that when it says devote, oops, wrong button. There we go, devote. We want to pay attention to that word. We want to break that word out a little bit and spend a little bit of time on what does devote mean uh, in Greek. And it's a, it's a Greek word, proskart, yeah. It's a Greek word. Um, if you had notes, I'd have it written in Greek for you because you can copy and paste that. Proskartereo, something like that. It has four meanings. And it's not a, you don't see this word a lot in the Bible. It's only in the New Testament ten times. But it's always important. It's always related to Jesus Christ. And it's almost always related to prayer. But it has four specific meanings. And they all kind of go together. They blend a little bit. Uh, let me give you the four. Then I'll give you an example for kind of each four so you kind of get a feel for this. The first one is to be committed to a person, to be committed, fully committed to a person. The second one is to be fully attentive to a thing, committed to a person, attentive to a thing. The third one is to be consistent, bravely consistent. There's always an element of being brave to it. And the last one is to be um, expectant, to be expecting something, to be super ready to receive something. So committed to a person, to be attentive to a thing, to be bravely consistent, and then to be super expectant for something, to be waiting very alertly. So let me give you some examples. The first one, to be continually devoted in prayer like, so remember the verse is about praying, to be devoted. Devoted in prayer would be like devoted like a good husband to a wife. Not the average marriage, but the, the marriages that last. To be fully committed the way a husband and wife are committed to one another. Committed to a person. Second one is kind of to be committed to a thing. To be attentive to a thing. Donald Trump is very attentive to his ego. I thought that would be a good example of being attentive to a thing that you're going to pay close attention to and stoke that really well. Consistent was really hard because the, the one that was on my mind, I'll give you the opposite. Okay? To be consistent the way the Huskies have not been consistent this year. Huskies are up and down. They kill people. They get killed. It's a terrible season football-wise. Okay? you got Danny Shelton. All right. Okay? You want to be consistent, not like this football team. And the last one is to be expectant, to be looking forward for something so intently the way a dog looks for a treat. You're holding a piece of bacon, you got dogs to attention 100%. So they're saying, Paul is saying, to be devoted in prayer the way that a husband is devoted to his wife. 
to be attentive to something the way that Donald Trump's attentive to his ego, to be consistent in a way in prayer that isn't like a football team that we, you know, there, and to be expectant in prayer, to be expecting God to do something in prayer the way a dog is attentive to a treat. So when we say devoted to prayer, it's got those four shades of meaning there, and it's important that the word devote, if you like grammar, it's the kind of grammar that says you do this now and you do this always. You don't stop doing it. It's something that happens now, you do it, and you're commanded to do it. And it goes on and on and on. You don't stop doing it. So, do it now, do it always, be devoted in prayer. The context for that word is almost always related to Jesus Christ, and that is not always the easiest thing to do. To be devoted in prayer constantly is not easy. But it's God's will that we pray consistently, that we do it ongoing, and we're called to be doing that. Look in the Bible for some parallel passages. What else does the Bible say about being devoted in prayer? I would take you to the book of Daniel if you had time. Don't probably start flipping because, you know, okay, okay. But Daniel was held up as being highly esteemed by God. Why? He was a prayer. He got locked up for it. And he still kept praying, even though the government didn't want him to. Uh, Acts 1.14. The church, early church. All were of one mind and were constantly devoted to prayer. Romans 12.12. I was like those verses that are easy to remember. 12.12. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, and devoted to prayer. Looked up some commentaries. What do the commentaries say about this? Found one by a guy that I like to listen to. His name is John Piper. John Piper gives the imagery, compares prayer, a servant's bell, like a, think a rich household where they'd ring the bell and the servants would come running up to them, versus a military radio. Listen to this. I have often said that one of the reasons we feel so weak in our prayer is that we have tried to make our domestic intercom out of a wartime walkie-talkie. Prayer is not designed to be an intercom between God and us to serve the domestic comforts of the saints. It is designed as a walkie-talkie for spiritual battlefields. It is the link between active soldiers and their command headquarters with its unlimited firepower, air cover, and strategic wisdom. So Piper's point, sometimes we use prayer like a servant ringing the bell, or as a, a rich person ringing the bell to have their comforts met. And Piper say, no, you're calling in air support. You're calling in the tanks. That was very convicting when I read that because I reflected probably the same way you did. Yeah, I reflect on my own prayers. How often do I pray for heal my owie, take care of me, serve me, rather than praying for other people or recognizing that I'm in a spiritual war and I need help. That was convicting. It's good. It's a good illustration because we don't fight this war by ourselves, right? We're not out there on our own against the barbarian hordes. We have God at our side. We can call for backup, which is a good thing. If you go and take a look at this verse and other um, translations, which we'll do in a couple minutes, you get the word sometimes instead of alert, you get watchful because we'll move on to the next phase here. That's devote. Devote yourselves to prayer. And then it gives these ways to do it in an attitude of thanksgiving or keeping alert or being watchful in an attitude of thanksgiving. You want to be alert. You want to be alert because our, we have an adversary. The devil 
prowling around us like a roaring lion. You'll be alert if there was a lion in this room hiding under a table. You'd be very alert for that lion, right? You'd want that military radio to call in for some backup if there was an enemy like that around you. So being committed, being devoted to prayer, and staying alert is really, really, really important. And being alert is another way of saying being observant. And what are we to be alert or observant to? Being alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. Keeping alert in it, in prayer, with an attitude of thanksgiving. And what's interesting, or important maybe, is the whole idea of being observant. Because God is a God of specifics. He's not hazy. He's not a generalist. Satan accuses with generalisms. Satan accuses us, twists us, tries to trick us with real hazy kind of criticisms. It's always vague. It's always, eh, I just don't like that. God's specific. And so what I'd like to do right now is talk about specifics. In fact, I want you to talk about specifics. Coincidentally and conveniently, you're already set up at tables to talk about this. The question would be for you that I'd like to talk at your tables for a couple minutes is this. And Kevin's already teed it up. We've already prayed a little bit about this. But specifically, what can you be thankful for? Or what makes you full of thanks? And be specific. How have you been blessed? What blessings do you see? How has God shown you things, taken care of you, shepherded you, watched over you? What have you seen? And be specific about that. And just talk about that at the tables for a couple minutes. I'll come back, we'll chat some more, kind of wrap up the verse. So take a couple minutes.
Is it? Check, check. Is that it? Okay. All right. Being saved. Amen. I'm glad you're saved too, Penny. <laughs> yeah, Deb. Mm. Thanks, Deb. Becky? We realized that uh, we needed to pick up her legacy and carry mm. it on instead of letting it die with her. Emma was thankful for her cow. She said, my cow. And we all went, what? The Hewitts have a cow? That's not zoned for that in the Freda. <laughs> But then Emma explained Macau, China, or Macau, independent part of China, and the people and the connections she's had through this church going to Macau and establishing relationships with the three uh, Great Praise, Great Love, Great Hope Church in China. Awesome. Because ours are such a blessing when we, people are willing to share like that. It just, it, it's cool. Thank you. Uh, Let's take a look at maybe just this passage again. Let me read it in a couple different translations, because I want to end up going through the attitude part, the, the keeping alert, the attitude of thanksgiving, moving into the attitude, the third part of this. New American Standard is what's up there, which is a pretty literal translation. If you have NIV, or the New International Version says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. The New Living Translation says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. 
The Wycliffe Bible, which is one of my favorite old, old-fashioned Bibles, be ye busy in prayer, and wake in it in doing of thankings. Thankings. You don't hear that word a lot anymore. And then there's one called the easy-to-read version. <laughs> I always wonder where this was when I was a kid. Never stop praying. Be ready for anything by praying and being thankful. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, praying with an attitude of thanksgiving. Attitude. Attitude is important. Now, when I was a coach, we said there's only three things you can control as a coach or as a player and as a person, I suppose. And that's your attitude, your effort, and your commitment. Everything else is outside your control. But we always control our attitude, our effort, and our commitment. In airplanes, they have a thing called an attitude indicator. It shows where the plane is pointing. I'm not a pilot, but I'm told by pilots that where the plane is pointing is important. That if it's pointing to the ground, it will be a bad day and you will not get to Houston. It it, it tells you where you're aiming. Our attitude determines where we go. Now, it would be convenient if each one of us had a little attitude indicator that floated in front of our face. And so when I start getting grouchy, it would show that I'm nosediving, right? Or if I'm thinking too much of myself, it would show me going straight up in the air and I'm going to stall out and then crash. Okay, an attitude indicator shows where the plane is pointing. Our attitude as people is what we're aiming at. We might be aiming our attitude, which shows where we're going to go, to ourself, to wealth, devotion to a team, to selfishness, to entertaining ourselves. Our attitude determines where we go. And if our attitude is not aimed at the right thing, in this case, the attitude, the application is Thanksgiving or Jesus Christ, it will be a problem for us. The word thanksgiving is one of those words that's really nice when you start looking up the deeper meanings. It's thankful. It's just be thank- it, it, it is what it is. It's a very simple term. It's very easy. It's all over the Bible. Um, and if you're familiar with the Catholic faith, how about Eucharist? Shows up as a celebration. That's the Greek word for thanksgiving, Eucharist. Um, it's pretty simple. But I think you can break down being thankful, attitude to thanksgiving, go from attitude into thanksgiving, we can break that being thankful down into kind of three parts. And if you had a notes, you could fill this out. But it's pretty simple. If you're truly thankful, what you are is you're being observant. You're seeing how you've been blessed. Now, you guys all did that. If you're truly thankful, you're humble because you recognize it wasn't you that blessed yourself, right? I don't think any of you said, I'm so thankful I'm such a cool, smart, awesome person. Man, it's great. None of you said that. At least I hope not, right? And if you put one and two together, I think you're a smart person. And you can express that. I heard that from all of you. You were observant about what God has done for you, and it was God, not you. That's That's an attitude of being humble. You're recognizing what God has done, and you put those two together, you express it. You were all geniuses in my book this morning. Every one of you, even Mike. Now, what's the opposite? Being ungrateful. Ungrateful people are ignorant. They have no clue what people have done for them. They're arrogant. 
they think it's all about themselves. And they don't, unfortunately, usually those people are very willing to express themselves, and they end up making dumb mistakes. Ignorance plus arrogance is not intelligent. Thankfulness, being observant, being humble, ends up being something fairly smart. It's not foolish. And the important part here, being thankful is Christian. It is so Christian. You're recognizing that it's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. Here's another little bit, starting to answer the question here, why should we be thankful? It's a radical thought. Stay with me now. Thankful people are nice to be around. Ungrateful people aren't very much fun. You can probably think of sometimes you've been around very ungrateful people. It's a little bit of a struggle. Thankful people seem to be pretty happy. So the answer to the big question, the so what question, so what that we're called to be devoted in prayer with an attitude of thanksgiving, so what? Four things, and this is the application of the the actual verse. First, you're called to it. You're called to be devoted in prayer and thanksgiving. It's a command. The, The grammar that Paul uses in that is a command. Do this, do it now, do it always. We're called to it. It's Christian. It's a Christian thing. Secondly, it improves us. It's good for you. It's good for me to have an attitude of prayer and thanksgiving. Again, the theological term is sanctification. But it's about deepening your relationship to Jesus Christ. It is good for us to be devoted in prayer and thanksgiving. Third one is good for other people. Because attitude, where we're pointing, is contagious. I guarantee you, you get in a large enough crowd, even just a small crowd, if somebody is extremely thankful, other people pick up on it and will start doing that too. So when you're being thankful, you're influencing people around you, you don't even know you're doing it, but you are. Unfortunately, if our attitude is aimed in a bad place, that is also influential. But it's good for other people. When we are being thankful, we are being grateful, we are devoted in prayer, that is good for other people. That's encouragement. We're encouraging others. And the last one is maybe the most important, but I think they, they flow from one to another, and that it becomes an opening to share the gospel. That's my experience. Being thankful consistently, being devoted in prayer, gives me openings to share the gospel. Now, let me come back to number four. Before you get to that, though, it has to kind of start with that attitude. Where are you aiming? Where are you directing your life? What's going on? And that is your choice. That is under our control. For better or for worse, it's under our control. And maybe you start your attitude with, eh, it could be worse. It's not a bad place, but it, go, go on from there. Uh, focus on God. Align yourself. Aim yourself towards Jesus Christ. When you're doing that, you'll find yourself maybe not happy in the midst of awful circumstances, but you will be content. You can be even joyful because you know it's about God, not about you. So when you have something bad happen, you can realize there's a greater thing at work here. It's not just about you having a bad day or a really, really bad day. God's got a plan. And that is where you have the opening. Because if you can have a thankful heart in the midst of the worst days ever, people are going to ask you about that. Somebody's going to say, you seem pretty okay. Why aren't you more depressed? You just found out you had cancer. Why aren't you so, why aren't you mad at God? 
you just found out that your leg is broken. You're going to be in a cast for six weeks. Why aren't you more upset about that? Why are you so thankful? You found out you got a degree from the University of Oregon. Why aren't you mad about it? Whatever the thing is, whatever the thing is, if you can sit with people and they say, why are you thankful? Why, are you, why do you seem happy with all that's going on? You have an answer, right? It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. I'm thankful because I know that Jesus Christ is at work in this. Whatever it is, now you got the opening. So why be thankful? Well, it's good for you. It's good for others. You're commanded to. But I think it's an opening for you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody, which is the best thing we can possibly do. What great rejoicing. Jeremy had this incredible weekend, got to talk about four kids coming to know Jesus Christ. That is worthy of song and celebration. That's pretty cool. Thankfulness can give you that opening with people. So, it's not about us. It's about Christ. Be observant. Be humble. Make yourself smart. So Thursday, coming up, our nation will be celebrating Thanksgiving with all the different ways that we celebrate Thanksgiving. Usually it's the three F's. Family, food, football. And then shopping. That seems to be very popular. People got to, at the Black Friday, go up at midnight and do crazy things like that. I challenge you on Thursday, maybe even before Thursday, challenge you to be blessed and see how you're blessed and then challenge you to pass that on. Be smart. Be observant. Be humble. Pass that on. Express your thanks in a way. Be devoted in prayer to thanksgiving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that uh, we've had to, to share your word. We thank you that we can be here, that, Father, we have this building that is paid for, this nice place that's comfortable to sit in. Father, we thank you for the leaders of the church that, going back to the 1940s, Lord, have passed on your truth to younger men and younger women that have then gone on to lead and teach others. And, Father, the influence of Grace Point Church across uh, not just this area, but even across the world Uh, Father, we're very, very thankful for. We thank you that you allow us to worship you this morning, that we can reflect upon you in spirit and truth this morning, Father, just how magnificent, how awesome you are. Father, help us to proclaim your truth by your spirit in worship of you, to celebrate you, you, the living, holy, and loving God. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.